Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Slam of Wrestling. Myself, Supreet, and this is your Money in the Bank review 2021, by the way. And we are joined once again by Spandan. So, what you think about Money in the Bank? I have missed doing reviews so much, and now that the crowds are back, we have even more to talk about. And I saw how excited you and Ridwan were for the SmackDown review. You didn't even talk about Raw in that detail. because you wanted to talk about the crowd so yeah i'm excited i'm in a green t-shirt my background's green i'm in full money in the bank mode so overall i am very excited that the crowds are back and the pay per view felt very good from top to bottom it was booked really well and i don't think uh, the results were very bad either some of the wins were unpredictable to be honest and overall i could give it a good you know 8.5 or 9 out of 10 uh, removing one for some of the things so let's dissect money in the bank now because good show i think this was the best wwe pay-per-view so far i would even rank it above mania and rumble for this year yes this year 2021 because uh adding the return of crowds because wrestlemania was so iconic just because fans were back but then from the next day of raw we didn't have them so it felt kind of bad because the raw after mania was very bad in the sense because we just had fans a night before so it felt even worse than it was originally so now that it's permanent people are not going to leave hopefully so amazing show and best paper you can date but you never know summer slam is going to kick it uh, out and become the best again so it's going to be exciting and by the way did you note the duration of the show i felt like it was i think just an hour or at least half an hour extra or longer okay let me see i started the paper you started at 10 am for me because i had an exam in the morning so i didn't watch it live and it ended around 1:30 3 and a half hours So six matches. I don't think it had to go that long, but again, they gave proper time to each and every match. And yes, I think it did go over time. So I think they need to consider once again, like the whole pandemic era, the pay-per-views where you know uh, they kept it little short, which was good. So I hope they continue that format. Like try to tone it down. I have a feeling that they're going to. with this summer slam being a big thing they're going to add a little hours to that show yeah because uh, throughout the pandemic we have talked about this that the uh, reason for matches being less is because they know that viewers won't stick around for a lot of time so if you do five to six matches on a pay per view it is fine there is no problem in it but uh, i don't think we should judge that point at money in the bank because it was their first pay per view with fans not counting as mina because it was Uh, the return of fans permanently money in the bank so they went ahead with all the things they uh, wanted to do because fans won't hate it right now right now they won't complain about the number of matches so yeah going ahead they will reduce it a bit tone it down a bit but summerslam i don't think is going to be toned down we i think already have around 3 to 4 matches confirmed i would say for summerslam so let's talk about that but talking about the toning down process i think after summerslam not that early and speaking about money in the bank the crowd here in hartford i think it was way better way louder than houston did i say hartford or was it something else you named the 2019 arena 
So what, uh, which city we were in on this week's, uh, sorry, this uh, Manindra Bank? It was Fort Worth, Texas. Oh, anyways, man, this was way better than the Houston crowd or louder, you could say. They were so good. They were so respectful. They were not bashing any of the heels. We were expecting Drew McIntyre to be booed. He was not. Roman Reigns also got less of a boo uh, than compared to Houston on SmackDown. There were amazing pops for everyone. Every single superstar got a good amount of cheers. And uh, the thing that you were complaining about, uh, that the audios were being piped in, even we don't like it. But I thought that complaining about it on the first show is not uh, justified. But if you compare it to SmackDown, then Money in the Bank had less audio pipings. And that is because the city was so good enough that we didn't need the audios. They were supporting everyone. So yeah, brilliant crowd and they got what they wanted. But I have an issue because I regularly see empty seats in the arena. They are saying sold out, but are the people leaving? Because we have empty seats in front of the camera. They're not doing anything to cut down those seats, which they can't. But what is happening there? Are people not entering? Are people staying home due to safety or something like that? Because I do see seats empty. So I think there are certain WWE shows, you know, in this uh, bunch of uh, shows they are announced. For example, the MSG show, they are saying that it's uh, it's a, a lot of, you know, that uh, facing a lot of issues, you know, packing people in that arena. Like there is some issue going on with MSG and other WWE shows as well. But I think uh, Money in the Bank was almost sold out. Hmm. Because we got the news that Houston and Fort Worth and Dallas tomorrow for Raw. All of these three cities are sold out for the first three shows. And talking about the MSG problem, I think the issue is because AEW also has a show nearby. So uh, the all the rumors that AEW is selling out uh, rather quickly than WWE and all of that, AEW is selling cheaper tickets, two cheap tickets, which is why instantly the shows are getting filled. So yeah, the MSG will get booked. WWE is making that the mecca of arenas. And I think I think to, uh, to interrupt you on this MSG topic, I think it's because MSG has a rule of you know everyone needs to be vaccinated. So. That's why I think that's the main problem setting it up. Okay. So I did not know that. Thank you. So that might be an issue actually. And next or oh, next week also, I think there are two arenas or something like that for SmackDown. I don't know it clearly right now. So all of that is going to happen, but hopefully nothing changes because WWE, I don't think, can adapt that quickly. If something happens, they're going back to the PC for one show. The Thunderdome can't be built so quickly. So I hope nothing happens. I pray to God nothing happens. But yeah, MSG is a good crowd. And, you know, talking about crowds, they pump everything in the company. The, the uh, wrestling business, WWE, AEW, TNA, everything is fueled by the audience. And they do it for them, entertainment. So the crowds have to be back and they are back. But you just don't want them to leave. So MSG problem, hopefully it gets sorted out. And Fort Worth, I am happy to say that they are the second best crowd I have ever seen. Nothing tops Vancouver, BC, Canada. That is the best crowd I have ever seen. So Fort Worth, number two. Like, uh, it's like, uh, it was like an NXT takeover card. Uh, sorry, a crowd. Like, it's, they be a little more passionate. Yes. Hmm, because they're back and they want to see more and more and more. And on SmackDown, we saw Finn Balor debuting, not debuting, uh, wrong word, 
coming back to SmackDown on uh, SummerSlam in the main event, we saw something big. We'll talk about that, not ruining anything. So yeah, all of that big stuff is happening. So I'm really happy that it is. And the fans are happy that they are back. WWE is so happy. And finally, some of the hate that has been thrown on Splashdown Vince is slowly being removed that he came out, where the hell have you been? And now the shows are going good. So I'm really happy. So shall we get to the review part then? Yes, let's start off with the kickoff show match because it was crucial. But before that, before that, if you are new to Slam of Wrestling, then make sure to like, share, subscribe. Do all that fun stuff. Check out our other content. Uh, all the links provided in the description below. So check that out. So let's uh, start from the kickoff show. Did you check out the match, by the way? I did not. I did not watch the entire match. I will. But I do know the result and it was fatal considering the storyline that's going on. So it was the Mysterios versus the Usos for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. I thought this match was really good, man. Even for the kickoff show, the crowd was into it. And uh, yeah, like you said, we got new tag team champions in the Usos. So what do you think about yes. the match? Uh, now, as they announced the crowd, uh, match before two days or one day, and the reason that people actually filled in the arena uh, during the kickoff show is because how important this uh, match was to the main event of the show on the main card. Because that's the major storyline. This is kind of the side feud of it. And I did not expect this result, to be honest. Because uh, the result at WrestleMania backlash between Mysterios and Dirty Dogs, that was an important result. And so quickly, your father's and duo is done. So, Usos, I've always said that they are are my legit favorite tag team. Second favorite GYV, sorry, grizzled young veterans, I'm sorry, but you come at number two. So, Usos are now at uh, seven times as SmackDown Tag Team Champions. So, I'm extremely happy that that has happened. And it was really important for Roman's entire storyline. And now, Bloodline draped in gold. So, by the way, like I said, match was really good. Uh, the main highlight of this match was where Mysterio was going for, uh, Rey Mysterio was going for a 619. I think it was on Jay. So, the other Uso, he took the bullet for, you know, Jay. So, Dominic was getting beaten down. So, we had uh, Rey Mysterio getting a super kick and he ate a splash, but uh, this uh, didn't get the job done for the Usos. So, we get to the end of the match. So, I think it was Jimmy who went for a roll-up on Rey Mysterio, but we get a little assist from Jay from the outside. Usos got the win. They are your new tag team champions from the SmackDown brand. And, uh, yeah, and I, w- I think you could see another potential. I think it mostly will be a rematch, maybe at the next pay-per-view or one of the SmackDowns. Who knows? Hmm, that could happen. Now, I love how you... Uh, played Roman and said the other Uso. So, yeah, Jimmy and Jay, they are the Usos and great uh, story to be honest because I did not expect this. Uh, this was one of the unpredictable wins and moving on in the storyline, this is going to be really interesting what happens and I do smell a rematch but not on an episode of SmackDown. I think they should save it for SummerSlam. Because after SummerSlam, you are building the Alpha Academy on SmackDown as credible challengers for the SmackDown Tag Team Championships. So they could be your Clash of Champions contenders. 
for this they should build it as a tag team championship feud and do it at uh, SummerSlam, not on a regular SmackDown. And the purpose of getting the titles on Usos, you know, it's just to you know drive the whole storyline with Roman and the Bloodline. Yeah, it's it's been going on since the first match of Jey Uso and Roman Reigns. So that was back in September at Clash of Champions. It's almost a year, and still there is no you know tiredness from the fans of it. They want more and more every SmackDown in the Thunderdome. We wanted Bloodline segments again and again, and they kept us waiting for the next week of SmackDown. That is good storytelling. And now that Usos are SmackDown Tag Team Champions, uh, you know their brother is still the champion. So draped in bold is the Bloodline. That's going to be awesome. And moving forward on SmackDown, people can't wait. Even in uh, the groups, uh, people when talking about Money in the Bank, there were like four more and five more days for uh, you know Friday night SmackDown. Why do we have to wait five days? Give, give it to us tomorrow. But yeah, that is good storytelling. If fans want a show which is five days ahead on the next night, that is good storytelling. Fans are getting excited and the story is not going to end anytime soon. But I think uh, during the main show, there was a segment after the Usos win uh, with Roman backstage. I want to talk about that. That was a bit strange. I think it was uh, where Roman is actually taking credit for, you know, Usos beating the Mysterios, like Roman is, you know, set the table for, you know, Usos to beat the Mysterios and get the title, something like that. So, Roman here is actually uh, expecting something from the Usos in return. So, we have Jay Uso said, uh, yeah, I was, I acknowledge you as my tribal chief, you are my tribal chief since day one, etc, etc. And Jimmy was a little iffy, you know, yeah, 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 Us- yeah I'm, I also acknowledge you as my tribal chief. So that was going around. So the thing is, I mentioned it in the, on the main roster talk uh, podcast. Like Jimmy is just playing around. He's just playing with Roman Reigns. He's not fully acknowledging Roman Reigns as his tribal chief. Mm. You know, that's awesome if you consider the story. Because the way they built it, it was so strange to see Jimmy also like that. Like a cringe on live television right now. When you're watching that show, you're cringing the whole. What is he saying? Why is he reacting like this? So yeah, Jimmy also is not acknowledged uh, Roman Reigns yet. But I think uh, he's going to be forced to. But now that they have the tag team championships, this makes the story even more intriguing. Because if the Mysterios kept the championships, Jimmy attacking Roman or something like that would have made sense. But now Jey Uso does acknowledge Reigns. Jimmy Uso doesn't. They have the tag titles. They can't split up. So something is going to happen on SmackDown. It is extremely exciting to see what is going to happen. And I'm excited to see that. uh, Because the Uso is now being tag team champions. Roman being universal champion. The story is just, just getting started. Even though it's been going on for like uh, almost 10 months, it's just getting started. So this is how the Roman Reigns booking strategy works. Like the Usos thing is your, you know, main storyline. So you can stretch it out. So in the meantime, you can feed Roman, you know, the big stars. For example, Edge and the other guy we'll talk about. But that's the whole thing. Mm. Yeah. That's the way they're booking it because Usos are tag team champions. Roman is the main guy. Who is going to be in which part? That's what we have to see. And, and oh my God, 
enough enough with the snacks only take beverages yeah i have water i don't even have beverages so yeah i'll start again so your question was uh, usos and roman storyline in the future basically na yep yeah so i'll go hmm i'll start so the usos now been smackdown tag team champions are they the main storyline i don't think so but if you're uh, you know related and connected to roman reigns you are kind of the main storyline because he's either uh, in the beginning or in the end he's made it clear i'm not the you know random guy who can pop up in the middle so he'll be the main attraction of smackdown for long and the usos are the side uh, role because roman reigns versus a single superstar that can continue even when jey uso was there jey uso was kind of there to take a loss to roman's opponent and then roman kills his opponent at the next pay per view so that's the thing that has been going on now adding jimmy uso to the story jimmy uso kind of fake uh, being nice to roman acknowledging him all of that going on it's extremely intriguing and smackdown is just getting better and better each and every week so this week is also going to be amazing i do smell a sasha banks return as well but that's all for the main roster with ridwan but right now yeah the story is going awesome and i can't wait to see what's next but the only sad part is that the smackdown tag team titles are propped in this storyline but that's the you know basically the tag team division so nothing much to talk about um i think the tag team division is getting better supreme to be honest because the tag team title match that happened on the main card oh my god we will talk about that but uh, the tag titles i think are uh, a bit of a prop in the storyline i don't think a lot because usos are a legit tag team they're not two single superstars put together they are a tag team so let's see where this heads because they're booking alpha academy as well so they're not forgetting tag team wrestling entirely but yeah they take time and now that the crowds are back i told this before many many times that wwe will be forced to book uh, good storylines and now they are but uh, let's talk about the main card so they opened up with the women's money in the bank ladder match so can you list off the participants here hmm that's going to be a tough task but from raw it was alexa bliss naomi asuka and oh i'm forgetting the winner mickey ash and from the smackdown side it was the women's tag team champions natalia and tamina i don't know for what reason it was zelina vega excited to see her back and live morgan who was my pick to win the match but she didn't alas so yeah those were your eight participants and uh, for a money in the bank ladder match this sucked i am not going to doubt you 1% even though i doubt your points a lot but i'm not going to do that here because this was a very poorly executed money in the bank ladder match and you can't even take the point of inexperience because out of the eight wrestlers only two were having their first money in the bank ladder match selena vega and liv morgan natalia every single money in the bank ladder match she's been there tamina she's been in two or three uh, for the first two ladder matches you uh, you have the other nikki cross has been in one uh, she's the same person so alexa bliss is a former winner so all of these people have been in money in the bank ladder matches no crazy spots no uh, moments no awe, uh, aspiring moments but 
even though it was a very bad match it was the first match on the main card so the crowd again made it better but i didn't like the match at all but again the win was extremely unpredictable she wasn't in the betting odds to be honest but let's talk about some highlights even though there weren't many by the way you just mentioned here uh, like they were mentioning so he, this was the theme for the uh, all of the matches here like they were giving you some glimpses and highlights of this performers like reminding yeah, the uh, reminding the people about these performers like what have they achieved etc etc yeah because in this entire match uh, i didn't see zelina vega for a lot of time zelina vega was kind of just there i won't uh, seen her do any sports alexa bliss was a main attraction she was doing some crazy things then we had live morgan who shined in this match she was kind of the mvp and we had two people who were just ruining the match over there natalia and tamina i don't know what they were doing but every single time we were going to have something good they came in and ruined the spot absolute and tamina was being booed out of the building i think she's the only one who was booed tonight uh, they, they were just not good in the match uh, tamina is a bit not a bit but extremely botchy in the ring she was trying to do her best but i think it was a not good performance from the women's tag team champions people were not invested man people were not invested like i said this this was this lineup was lineup was so bad like i wasn't shocked you know to uh, get this type of match from you know this woman hmm because uh, you know carmela was kind of taken out of the match you couldn't have done anything but she would have been amazing she's a two time winner and uh, natalia and tamina were just added to make uh, fill the spots just added you cannot make us agree that there was some other reason they were winning or something else they were just filling the spots and uh, already being women's tag team champions there was no use for them to be there and that is the problem again with extra people being in the match you don't have to necessarily make it a eight man ladder match eight woman ladder match they can be three and three from each brand six people you give each and every wrestler time you can do it easily doesn't mean extra wrestlers so extra spots the one spot that we were having from uh, of nikki ash nikki ash jumping from on top of the ladder to the people she slipped and didn't even hit zelina vega or asuka or some of the other wrestlers so extremely poor execution of the match not well booked so, uh, superstars did try to shine in the match liv morgan did her best but asuka did her best asuka was being cheered extremely well uh, in the arena naomi was being cheered alexa bliss was being cheered but people can do what they can they were, the crowd was trying their best to be invested but the match had to add something right you just can't expect the crowd to just cheer the hell out of the match and not have anything so yeah poor execution 101 so you just said one of the highlights here that nikki ash so while every woman was fighting inside the ring she was on a ladder which was outside and she did a dive which she barely hit and by the way the ladder almost tipped so there you go exactly because when she climbed the ladder she stood there for around 5 to 6 seconds which was stupid she stood there for 5 to 6 seconds did this and all of that stuff and we already saw that the other seven female superstars were already walking towards her so that she could jump and that spot was extremely poorly executed she was almost going to fall three or four wrestlers didn't even get hit so you can just go on about how bad this match was because 
you could have ended it they ended it on a good note because uh, nikki ash was a fan favorite and people loved that she won but talking about the match there was nothing really to talk about and there was uh, alexa bliss so before the match began she was just standing there on the second row and when this woman started fighting when the match began so she just reached out to the briefcase and i thought she was going to do some shit and the briefcase was going to drop and if that had happened then the money in the bank concept would have died right there yeah rip mrtv that would have been the headlines next day that would have been your thumbnail so alexa is grabbing the briefcase like this and it falls i i was saying no please don't so yeah that was the one moment where i think someone entering asta entering and taking out alexa bliss was a, a saving otherwise that would have happened so yeah alexa bliss did shine in the match i don't know what her character is because she's a villain and people are like yay so what's happening it's just crazy but again with something that has happened towards the end of the night and the same person arriving tomorrow on raw so raw is a must watch tomorrow for after months and months and months raw is a must watch tomorrow so let's just see what happens and there was another alexa bliss spot where we had zelina vega climbing to the ladder we had alexa bliss climbing to the ladder so they went face to face and yeah zelina vega got hypnotized and this is the same this was basically they were demonstrating how selena vega got hypnotized the same way when she saw that wwe contract oh so, <laughs> so the, that happened there so we get to the final part so uh, we got all the women fighting uh, over the ladders here so nikki ash took the opportunity and she just climbed and grabbed while these women were fighting like complete geeks so there you go nikki ash is miss uh, money in the bank yeah okay 3 to 4 months or 4 to 5 months down the line or even 5 to 6 months there you go your first ever failed women's cash you have that in the future because i don't think at all that she is going to be the raw women's champion if she does obviously i'll be happy but the track record for the women's cashin has been 100% till date nobody has failed from carmela to alexa bliss to then bailey aska everyone has successfully cashed in even though aska was not a cashin so it's 100% till now so we'll see what happens but nikki ash i think it's going to be the first failed cashin like if it was nikki cross the you know basic wrestler i would have you know uh, we could have had something with it but she is in a Somewhat of a gimmick right now. I, I won't be surprised if they pull a. I won't be surprised if they pull a Otis on her. Mm, yeah, they can, but it's just happened this year itself. That Mrs. Cashin and all of that stuff. So hopefully that doesn't happen. I would rather take a failed Cashin than uh, something like that because at least before a failed Cashin, there will be some pop that oh, oh my god, she's all that stuff. But let's just not take our books out. this early because she can cash in we have seen people become raw women's champion and not deserve the title at all so let's see what happens in the future because she is a good competitor she's not bad but this character is just goofy the hurricane was never put in a into a match where we believe that he's going to win the wwe championship so let's just see what happens but yeah good win happy for her but cash in maybe not 
and i wonder how will she manage the uh, carrying the briefcase and no saving gotham city at the same time let's just move on to the next match <laughs> so uh, we head to the raw tag team championship match it was aj styles and omos so they were facing the viking raiders aj styles is the you know out of the other three guys he is the most over guy in this arena typical aj styles so i thought this match was fine but the problem is aj styles was uh, doing all the hard work here um i would go ahead and say it was not fine it was great i'm sorry but i loved the match so tag team matches for a long time we haven't seen some good tag team matches i think the last good tag team match not feud was the hurt business versus new day on alc i think that was the last good tag team match i saw and after that i think this match was really really good the viking raider shined in this match and almost got a lot of time it was not like aj did all the work and almost came in the end and finished the match almost was there there were around 6 to 7 tags between the champions so yeah aj did a lot of good work and i want to talk the highlights because there were some incredible spots in this match not breaking stuff and dq stuff but there were normal spots in this match which were very very good so a fair win for aj and omos and rk bro is probably next like omos can do stuff but aj you know if you want to talk about the story of the match then he does the heavy lifting here yeah aj did the heavy lifting but uh, you know you have to put uh, some credit on omos because a guy that big is not supposed to move the way he does he's 73 and we do know a guy who is 73 we do know where he's from and we do know how he moved so not taking any names uh, but he was uh, very great so that's it so ah. uh, we, yeah he was he was great and uh, so almost is a great guy and the way he moves the way he does stuff in the ring he's a big guy with speed now that's freakish so he's doing good i think he's feeling out right filling out right now he's in the in, uh, emerging process and there's no one better to be with than aj styles and styles there's no doubt that he's if the one of if not the best in the world so uh, yeah he's a great competitor one of my favorite aj styles and he was too over with the crowd because apparently almost an aj are the heels here but we have seen heels being you know cheered tonight so nothing different there so you wanted to talk about the highlights so one of the uh, main you could say uh, spot you could say the so i think it was uh, who's that guy i'm forgetting the names of the viking raiders eric and ivar so it uh, yes it was eric was outside the ring so what they did was so almost tossed stars outside the ring and stars turns it into a hurricane that was beautiful smooth like it was execution from all three men almost picking up and throwing styles the perfect way eric catching him the right way styles delivering the hurricane rana so it was smooth and it was awesome to see so yeah that was just one of the spots ivar is 330 pounds and almost carried him like a bench press like what the hell are you doing man like he just carried him like this how strong is this guy so yeah aj styles i think he's like you can't say enough about that guy he's just too damn good and the spot, this hurricane rana that they did it didn't feel like he was not able to catch him it was failed or something like that 
went smoothly, delivered it smoothly, came back. So yeah, very good spot. So there was another hope spot. Like we thought, the yes, the Viking Raiders are about to get the win here. Like they hit the Viking experience on Styles. So I think there was almost. So he pushed one of the Viking Raiders guy to you know to break the pinfall. That was. I think that's being uh, seen a lot uh, nowadays in tag team matches, but still a good spot. So at the end, we see almost he actually you could say did that a double choke slam thing. You could say on. I think it was on Eric. So that got them the victory. Styles and almost are still tag champions. And there you go, a fine match. You say it was great, and I think AJ Styles man, if once. I, uh, the WWE title picture, you know, gets little. If you want some fresh faces, then you can put uh, call AJ Styles and maybe have a another solid uh, WWE title run. Yeah, absolutely. This guy, I don't know how many years he's left with because he's, I think, forty three right now, and he had said he'll retire when he's forty two. So apparently, that is not true. So I just hope he goes on for as long as he can because Undertaker during forty two. Let me see when Undertaker was forty two. Fourteen years back, so two thousand seven, he was basically in his prime. He was facing Edge and Batista and all of those people. So AJ Styles has a couple of years. I hope he don't doesn't go to fifty six because I don't want to see a bad AJ Styles. So let's see how many years he's got. But talking about when he's going to be a single star again, I hope very soon. But Where does Omos go? I just feel uh, that I don't want Omos to be wasted again because he's good. He's not bad. He doesn't have the best mic skills. That's why he has AJ Styles. But I don't want to see him have another Commander Aziz treatment because he's better than the Baba Tunde or Daba Kato or whoever that guy is. Because that guy is not wrestling that much. He's just like a bodyguard for Apollo Crews. Omos is actually wrestling. So whatever he does, I hope he's doing. Maybe just stand with AJ Styles like he did for the early part of his run with AJ as the personal colossus, and AJ is the single superstar. What's the problem with that? That's But it. Yeah, I do. Yeah, simple. I do not want to see AJ Styles retire without another WWE Championship reign or Universal title. I don't know what they do with Omos. Uh, pairing him with Styles is just that simple. Don't break them up. Yeah, simply because when uh, they became a tag team, the first tag team match that they had was at WrestleMania and they win the titles. Till then, he came around November, I think, or maybe even earlier than that. So th- the first four or five months, he was just a bodyguard for AJ Styles, and that was working out fine. There was no problem with that. So when he eventually does become a single star, I don't uh, think it should be a storyline or anything. They lose the tag team titles. Is a single superstar. Almost is still with him. Simple. And about AJ Styles retiring, uh, he won't be retiring before that big dream match with Kenny Omega. I'm just saying, man. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. You do love, you know, simping for AEW. So listen, man. Listen, that is a big dream match in wrestling right now. Yeah, it is. But I. Yeah, I wouldn't say I don't want to watch that. I do want to watch that. Hopefully, it happens in WWE. I do not ever want AJ Styles uh, seen on another company. I do not want to download episodes and watch AJ Styles. I want to see him on my big TV. So AJ, don't go anywhere or don't go anywhere if you can. Ah, nice, nice. So uh, let's get on with the WWE Championship match. It was. 
the almighty Bobby Lashley versus Kofi Kingston. I actually kind of liked the story going into this. So, can you give us some backstory of uh, how we get to the, how did we get to this point? Yeah. So it kind of began even before Hell in a Cell. So when it was Drew McIntyre begging for another WWE Championship match, with, uh, which he's been doing since February. So when he was doing that, Kofi was like, "No, you're done with the opportunities, and now I want one." So he faced Bobby and he pinned the WWE Champion, but with help from Drew McIntyre. So they went two weeks to finally decide who's going to face uh, Bobby at Hell in a Cell. It was Drew. But you still had that feeling that Kofi will be back in the WWE title picture because he still has a pinfall victory over Lashley. So after that, it was simple. After Hell in a Cell, it was clear McIntyre is not facing him one-on-one. Simply, Kofi comes out, uh, challenges him and all of that stuff happens. Kofi gets his match. But it also was fueled by another Hell in a Cell match on Raw, which was Bobby Lashley versus Xavier Woods. Again, great match. So, yeah, the story was not bad, to be honest. Just that Raw doesn't uh, have a lot of viewers is because it doesn't uh, do an overall good show. It's not like some things are not good. So this was a, uh, always a good thing. MVP and last year was always a good thing. So yeah, the story was really good uh, moving into this. And every single week, it was Kofi who got an up on uh, Lashley. Even Xavier pinned him again the uh, last show in the Thunderdome. But in the last segment of the Thunderdome, the VIP lounge, we saw an enraged Lashley. And if you ask me, then if there's a question, how do you make your WWE champion look like a monster? This is how you do it. And I think it continued in this match. Like... It was a glorified squash match. Like, I don't even remember Kofi doing one bit of offensive. Uh, in the start, when MVP held Kofi's leg, Lashley went down and he, even though didn't hit the turnbuckle, Kofi tried some of the stuff, but it was only roll-ups and stuff. And then began the massacre of Kofi Kingston because Lashley just ruined the uh, life, of, life out of, uh, you know, Kofi Kingston. The flatliner, he modified it. He picked up Kofi and then smashed his face on the ground. Like he generally does a standing one. He modified that as well. Hurt lock didn't allow Kofi to tap. Dropped, countered it into a fallaway slam. Like last week, not bad in the ring. So all of that stuff happened. He powerbombed him, spine bursted him again and again. So again, going back, how do you make your champion look like a monster? This is how you do it. Because... Very good term used, glorified squash match. Indeed, it was because Lashley looked like a monster. We knew Kofi is not winning the match. So, why do an even match that, okay, all of this happens, uh, Kofi is maybe going to win and all of that stuff? Simple, I didn't hate the way they did it at all. And Lashley is going to face some bald uh, uh, idiot at some time. And I was not offended at all that Kofi Kingston got squashed here, but I think that was the predictable outcome, you know, giving Lashley the win here, still being WWE champion. And the way they did the squash match, I wonder if it was for a specific reason. I wonder if someone is coming back. Yeah, uh, you are wondering, right? Because uh, tomorrow night, even though WWE hasn't advertised it, the idiots in the building have advertised that uh, WWE Hall of Famer, former two-time Universal Champion, Bill Goldberg is coming back to Monday Night Raw. 
that's not the guy i was talking about man i want the other guy in the ponytail <laughs> you want the butcher <laughs> you you want uh, the modified brutus the barber beast case <laughs> you want yeah <laughs> cutting through bobby lashley but you are not getting lesnar this early so you are going to get the other guy but yeah. i don't think anyone has to be sad that uh, goldberg is going to come and win the wwe championship it's obviously has a two match contract he's already fought mcintyre earlier at the rumble so he cannot win the championship because if he does he'll defend it again next year in 2022 so calm down goldberg is coming enjoy the random spears and jackhammers if he can pick up lashley obviously enjoy the stuff that he does enjoy the entrance because he's not winning calm down I don't know, man. This is WWE. We are talking about if they get at least a bit of board with Mr. Bobby Lashley, then it's game over. No, I I don't think he's winning because people were uh, saying at the Rumble even that okay, he might win the Royal Rumble and all of that stuff after he's lost to McIntyre. It can't happen. He does have an obvious two-match clause. Twenty nineteen. Look at it. It began in twenty nineteen. He faced Undertaker. He faced Dolph Ziggler. In 2020, he beat the Fiend. Lost to Strowman. Left. This year, he lost to McIntyre. Now he'll lose to Lashley. He will lose to Lashley. <laughs> Don't lose hope. And then he'll leave again to come next year. So he's just working for the money. Eric Bischoff was right in an interview with Chris. Uh, I don't remember his surname. So it was an interview, and Eric Bischoff said, "Bill uh, is just working for the money," and that's right. He's getting a ton shitload of money for just two matches every year, and what's the problem for him? Well, let's see, man. But uh, if we want to talk some highlights here, so this was full on a squash match with Kofi Kingston. Like he's uh, ramming this guy into the could say uh, support beam or the post ring post, you could say. Uh, we see three dominators back to back to back. And yeah, finally locks in the hurt lock, and that's it. I kind of feel bad for Kofi Kingston, but it is what it is. Yeah, it had to be like that. You didn't expect Kofi to win the championship. It was like a random Kofi mania thing, but the story panned out to be more entertaining for Kofi than the match. He was just brutally murdered in the match. So Lashley is looking extremely dominant right now. He even smiled when he was leaving. So that was a fault. He was caught on camera smiling at the crowd. He's a villain right now. So all of that happened, but people are uh, the wrestlers are so happy to come back to the crowd. Finally, it's difficult for them to maintain kayfabe and not just smile at the crowd for once. So yeah, they're happy to be back. And Lashley versus Goldberg. I don't think it's a bad match to be honest. The two men who just muscle men just wanting to fight and uh, slap each other off. So. There's not a problem in that. It's going to be a two-three minute match. So let's just see what happens because Goldberg is almost ninety percent there on Raw because the building has advertised it. But if you see, if apparently Biggie does come back to cash in because of the murder that has been done on, uh, you know, Kofi Kingston tonight. Sorry to ruin the winner of the men's money in the bank. But uh, if if that does happen, then it could be something different. Don't just hope that Goldberg is back. Maybe he's not. Well, let's see, man. I think the uh, trend of you know returns and surprises will be continuing for another week or so. Yeah, it will because we saw Balor return to SmackDown. We saw a big guy who's from Hollywood uh, return in the end of the night. We are uh, seeing uh, Goldberg return tomorrow. Maybe 
on SmackDown, we are probably expecting Sasha Banks. So all of these gestures are slowly, slowly, slowly coming back. So let's just see what happens. So let's move on to the Raw Women's Championship match. It was Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte Flair. The feud that never ends. So I was ex- no, I was not expecting a lot into this match. That was the mentality I went uh, while watching this match. And I don't know what happened, but these two women like worked their asses off. Yeah. Um, to be honest, I can call it the match of the night because yeah, I do love Roman Reigns a lot. All of those people, all of the people know, but I can call this the match of the night. This is the match that made me pop out of my couch to jump in joy. Because I had predicted Charlotte Flair to win the Raw Women's Championship. And it did happen. The match was fantastic. The spots were crazy. The counter of the Riptide into the DDT was awesome. The moonsault, all of that stuff. Entire match was amazing. And one spot that I remember, Rhea Ripley almost watching that move, then pushing herself into the suplex to Charlotte Flair. So, all of that happened and Charlotte Flair was wearing an uh, old, you know, gear of hers from Fastlane 2016, the green gear. So, that was also there. So, a lot of history there as well. But this match shocked everyone. No one was excited for this. But Charlotte Flair was cheered. So, people loved her. She's the heel here, but she was cheered a lot. And the early parts of the match, she was going around showing the Stone Cold sign to all of those people in the arena saying shit on camera, so extremely happy with the match, even more happy with the result, and I think, and I hope the story is over. You know, I, I don't know what happened, that was what I was saying, I don't know what happened, like, I think, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, were the crowd chanting, we want Becky? Yes, they were, in the middle of the match, I think they were, but I think in the entire match, they weren't, so, they were chanting, we want Becky around in the middle, but then they began to chant, let's go Charlotte, let's go Rhea, and all of that stuff. They chanted for Charlotte more, they chanted for Rhea less. Everything happened, but overall, I think the crowd was excited for this match, and uh, the superstars didn't fail to entertain. Like, it was a slow build for even the fans to get invested. Like, these two ladies are just killing it with the spots and moves. Yeah, in... The overall story leading into this match at Money in the Bank was terrible. Like, extremely poor. Each and every segment felt like uh, on one episode of Raw, you'll call it the worst segment of the year. And then next week, Charlotte and Rhea shock you and make that segment the worst. So, each and every week, it was like bad after bad after bad. But the match, it just took over the entire storyline, made people forget about it. You can call it the carbon copy of the Sasha and Bianca storyline. The storyline was extremely bad, but the match shocked everyone. It is the carbon copy. And I don't think we are getting another Charlotte versus Rhea at SummerSlam. I know it's WWE, but I don't think they are going to get it. I think uh, the man who I don't like so much is coming back. So Charlotte versus Becky, heated rivalry. That is the rise of the man, to be honest. Charlotte is the one that was the person that Becky uh, attacked and became the man for the first time. So that's going to be a personal rivalry. Hopefully, promos are better because Becky is good at promos. So all of that will happen. But let's see what happens for Rhea Ripley. I don't want 
let's just hope people are not going on twitter and saying oh my god she's buried and oh my god her career is over and all of that stuff because recent uh, call ups to you know the main roster ria ripley damian priest you can talk about bianca belair not ruined so everything is going well and wwe is back at its uh, not peak because the peak is going to be summerslam but almost its peak i won't say ruined the names you mentioned there i i won't say they are ruined but you could say for example uh, mainly ria replies she is kind of toned down bad booking you could say that bad booking could be the uh, term you use because ria replies on nxt was a beast so ria replies on the main roster was kind of a toned down beast so the main roster win at wrestlemania wasn't that good because the match itself wasn't uh, up to the mark the story was random she just popped up and challenged maybe win a battle royal maybe win a fatal four way or something like that earn your stuff so the booking has robin champion was terrible for her i feel bad that a first main roster title run went like that but there are uh, multiple reigns in the future rio versus becky is a dream match so all of that would happen i don't think she's going to be ruined like most of the polyps happen and yeah with the whole booking thing people didn't even care about her like in the beginning parts nobody even cared about ria replay i hope after this performance you know people start get uh, start getting you know heating up to ria replay if you compare this match to the uh, you know match in the thunderdome at hell in a cell if just imagine that you have removed the crowd from money in the bank it's still the thunderdome still it was a very good match it's not just the crowd the match itself was really good and that hell in a cell it was just botch after botch after botch and nothing was going good do you remember the match from the you know pc wrestlemania yeah that was good yeah i so, think yeah, from the whole series these two matches only are the ones that stand out yeah it's been decent uh, the storyline but not too good so the match is kind of the cherry on top it ends as a brilliant story so let's just hope it goes good for the raw women's title because it has instantly in one night become more prestigious than it ever has and i was very happy that charlotte has uh, won her 14th women's championship in wwe and uh, she's just going home at pat mcafee man i remember this time he said that when you are the offspring of a flair you know how to win <laughs> so uh, Uh, Charlotte is going home and saying, "Daddy Rick, I think you are just too ahead of me. I'm, I'm almost there." So that's been Charlotte your entire life, but this one is different because she's not had a title run in a long time. So after losing the NXT Women's Championship, she's won nothing. Oh, sorry, the Women's Tag Team Titles. Yeah, I forgot about the Women's Tag Team Titles, much like WWE. So that is going to happen. She's not won in a long time. Let's just see what happens. By the way, motivated uh, Charlotte Flair is the best Charlotte Flair. Uh, we, we, we can exclude the you know burying and the being uh, featured a lot part, but a motivated Charlotte Flair giving matches like this in a while is the best Charlotte Flair. She cried. She was looking passionate. She was motivated. Absolutely, because the heel Charlotte Flair. Obviously, I am the opportunity and all of that stuff. but even she broke down in front of the crowd because she was unfortunate to have covid and not be uh, able to participate at wrestlemania it would have been asked us to charlotte to be honest and uh, now that she uh, has been in front of the crowd she just got emotional and charlotte flair delivering these matches 
proves to be all those Charlotte haters, uh, all those people who say that she's getting title after title after title. Okay, you. So uh, she's getting title after title. She just smacked everyone and said, this is what I can do. This is what I will do. And this is why I deserve all those titles that I have. So, yeah. Let's talk about the highlights. Yeah, so the both both women are fired up from the get go. We it was you could say a slow paced match. The fans are you know slowly getting into invest uh, get uh, invested in the match. Um, like some of the parts, uh, fans were you know going with that Becky chant. We want Becky because of the quote unquote rumor. So there was one spot where uh, I think you mentioned it. Like they were kind of watching it where you know it felt like they were doing a dance routine. You know the spot I am talking about, where uh, they are doing a cradle, the transition, and at least you know Rhea uh, was able to pull up that uh, bridging uh, suplex. So that was a great spot. So as we get to the end, so there was one spot where Charlotte Flair hit a you could say a top rope uh, natural selection. So that took really good because Rhea actually spiked on the mat. And you know we of course see that big moonshot from Charlotte Flair uh, on the outside, typical Charlotte Flair, you know, uh, move in all of her matches. So we get to the final parts. So there was, I think, uh, Rhea's leg got trapped on one of those uh, the post and the steel steps. So Charlotte Flair was going crazy, you know, just bashing uh, Rhea's leg on that corner. So then it was uh, then it was tied into the finish where Charlotte got in the natural I'm natural so it was the figure eight and that's how Rhea tapped out really good match Charlotte Flair is once again Rome's champion so I don't know there you got the Nikki Ash element element in this whole story now that she's uh, the money in the bank holder but I wouldn't mind if they do Becky versus Charlotte for SummerSlam. Yeah, I think it's kind of obvious that they're doing the Becky versus Charlotte. I wouldn't mind adding Miria to that match. I won't absolutely. So that's obviously going to be the match at SummerSlam. But do you want a Nikki as uh, cash in? I don't. So let's just see where this goes. Because as I said, in one night, the Raw Women's Championship has become more prestigious than it ever has. So it's a bright future for Raw. It's a bright future for WWE. And I'm really happy finally that Charlotte won. And I hope Rhea Ripley gets a complete reboot on her character. Let's start all over again. Yeah, character. Let her have that nightmare character. But yeah, as a build-up, as a return to the championship, whenever she will win the championship back, because she will. So let's just see when it happens, but give her a good title in this scene. So shall we move on to the men's money in the bank ladder match? Yes, let's do it. So before the match, we had a little segment where we had my boy Rick Pooks. So he was with King Shinsuke Nakamura. So they were, you know, interpreted by Riddle. So Riddle is a typical high at this point. So he's just asking these stupid questions. And he actually requested, you know, Rick Pooks to you know play his bros, his favorite bro, Randy Orton's theme song. So Rick Pooks was like, I don't know, man. It's kind of tough. So I think we even heard the crowd, you know, booing. But Rick Pooks, you know, decided to, yeah, let's play this shit. And he was jamming that theme song. Killer. Rick Pooks is great. Yeah, Rick Pooks is like uh, Elias toned down. Toned up, to be honest. 
he's like a lion stoned up and riddle is amazing king nakamura is amazing let's talk about the ladder match because that was the main highlight and i was extremely happy with the result of the men's ladder match so let's talk about that yeah well let me end this segment you know they are jamming to the randy orton team and we could see you know nakamura he was doing the randy orton pose and we pan to the you no know, entrance way there was kevin owens he had a little confused look on his face he is just creeped out with the, what he witnessed here so he was the first guy you know making his entrance and by the way everyone was over in this match uh, we could see through via the entrances everyone the only one we were expecting to be booed was drew mcintyre he was also cheered he had a stone during his entrance a cushion stone obviously which he spiked the sword with and then john morrison got a great pop ricochet got a great pop kevin owens got a crazy pop everyone got a good cheer uh, entering the match and talking about the match itself it was great let's talk about it now so before we head to the match there was one other part where you could see you know john morrison was accompanied by the miss but uh, morrison said i'm going to handle this by my own so he said you know miss to go back so you could do something from that uh, you save it when we get to the review part but the match this match man i know this was going to be crazy because of the lineup this was i know it was going to be the opposite of the women's money in the bank ladder match and these guys delivered it man this was a killer match great stuff what do you think about it great stuff great stuff and in a ladder match when you see the names like kevin owens ricochet john morrison these three people you know uh, knew these three people aren't winning but these three people are there to do the spots and uh, they deliver over delivered to be honest even not using those ladders ricochet uh, balancing on the top rope and doing that uh, you know splash onto the people that was too far the distance was like amazing and then mackintyre doing his claymores and all that stuff a double claymore uh, a claymore to rollins everything was happening so yeah the spots were amazing the match itself was amazing the winner itself did not shine in the entire match but in the end he did so everything was going fine and i loved the entire spots and crazy things that they did not overdoing it because we have seen that happen but then they make up the bridge which is now become like a compulsory thing in a money in the bank ladder match and i was like just waiting who's going through it who's going through it so finally we get to know that the guy who is not scared of anything is going through it so kevin owens so yeah amazing match so let's talk about the highlights so if you want to pick one guy being the mvp you could say it was john morrison he is you know great in that uh, parkour style of you know which is famous for so we did kind of see here so i think let's start from the spots here so there was one spot where morrison was on top of the ladder he was actually you know uh, nakamura actually locked in a arm bar or you could say triangle from the ladder so there was another spot where uh, rollins and morrison were actually working together because you know both are the drip guys or drip stick whatever you want to call it and i didn't expect a johnny drip drip chant that was from or that, yeah, that came out of nowhere that came out of nowhere i wasn't expecting that and that shocked me and made me happy also 
because that Johnny Morris, uh, Johnny Morrison, I'm sorry, John Morrison is being accepted and loved by the people. Love that. But Rollins and Morrison, Cody was saying this would be the rivalry of the year. We have Johnny Drip Drip versus Drip God Seth Rollins. So, yeah, amazing to see a bit of a strategic alliance for a short time. But yeah, John Morrison was amazing in this match, as was everyone. I wouldn't say any anyone under-delivered. So, overall, a great performance by all these guys. And I hate to say that, uh, uh, you know, women are not able to do the matches that men are properly. Because we did have inexperience in this match as well. I think it was the first uh, Money in the Bank ladder match for Biggie. Uh, McIntyre has been in some. Rollins is a former winner. We have Ricochet who's been there. Morrison, after a lot of years, has come back into the Money in the Bank ladder match. So, they also have an experience. But again, I don't know how, but the men kind of do it well. So, the women's ladder match had experience, but they didn't deliver. The men's ladder match overshadowed uh, totally. And it was a good match with a very good result. And uh, getting to the match... So they did a big man spot, you know, with McIntyre and Biggie going face to face. And by the way, Biggie did that apron spare, which always, you know, pops me. Yeah. So uh, like you mentioned, uh, McIntyre hit a double uh, claymore to one of those guys. And uh, there was actually a ladder set up uh, near the announcer's table. So Kevin Owens was the unfortunate guy who went through that ladder. And by the way, Kevin Owens was my wild card pick to win this match. So, he is out of the equation. So, we are now left with uh, Rollins. He was the only guy you know, present in the ring. So, he was climbing uh, on the top. But he was stopped by Big E. So, both men are fighting on the ladder. So, Big E actually hits a big ending from the ladder which looked great. So, Big E was able to climb the ladder and unhooked the briefcase Big pop for Biggie. Biggie is Mr. Money in the Bank. And yeah, I'm happy with the winner. I said that Kevin Owens was my wild card pick to win this. Glad that Drew McIntyre didn't get this. Uh, by the way, McIntyre was actually taken out by uh, Jinder Mahal and his goons. So there you go. So Biggie is the Mr. Money in the Bank. So I don't. I want to see where this goes because there are a lot of possibilities. You want to, you know, uh, look forward to the draft as well. Because if the draft happens, then mostly they could draft him to Monday Nitro and you go after the WWE uh, title picture. Or he could he could stay in SmackDown and he could tease a little bit with Roman Reigns. Yeah, uh, because Biggie winning is, first of all, really happy for Biggie. So, the uh, possibilities of him cashing in. I just hope it's not a failed cash-in. I, I seriously hope. And uh, talking about how he's going to cash-in, who he's going to cash-in on, if he does go to rock part of the draft, I think it's going to be a straight-up one-on-one cash-in and he's not going to uh, do it ba- uh, backstabbing or anything. He's going to just walk up to Lashley and say, I'm cashing in and do all of that stuff. Or he could stay on SmackDown as a single star and he could pin Roman's opponent in a universal title match because... I'm kind of sure by now that Roman Reigns is not going to be pinned for a good amount of time. So, pinning Roman's opponent in a universal title match will be the best option for Biggie to become universal champion. So, I don't see an issue there, but I would want him to be the WWE champion, to be honest. And we just saw that New Day is the best team among top 15 in the tag team history month. So, 
uh, rejoining the new day, reuniting the new day would be an amazing moment now that the crowds are also back. So let's see what happens. You know what? The WWE title picture uh, situation you pitched, I think that's safer, you know, compared to, you know, going with Roman because Roman is godlike now. So you can't risk, you know, uh, making, you know, Biggie take the loss here. So I think going for the WWE title would be the safe bet here. So, yeah, I am happy that someone accepted, uh, apart from me, that Roman is at a god level. So, Biggie going to SmackDown is going to be an unsafe move, to be honest. Because if he does have a failed cash-in, I'll be really disappointed. So, you can pin Roman's opponent, but still taking the title away from Roman Reigns is going to be a risky move. Because he's selling merch, even though the people were booing him, I think 50-60% to of the audience was wearing Roman Reigns merchandise. So, you have to see that aspect as well. Taking the title away will mean a lot. Go for the WWE Championship. Lashley has been amazing, but he will be the safer one to lose the championship than Roman Reigns. So go after go to Raw, reunite the New Day, win the WWE Championship, then break up the New Day, make Xavier a single star because we've seen hints of it in 2021. So let's see what happens because I'm talking about where he should cash in Raw, Raw definitely. Even though no, there are also some scary you know scenarios over there with regards to Lesnar and Goldberg. Lesnar, I think, uh, is not coming back before WrestleMania 38. I'm sorry, but I don't think he is. Because SummerSlam was a big match. He's not coming for a clash of champions or a TLC. He's not that guy. So, he will come at WrestleMania 38. Maybe not even against Lashley. Maybe against the Roman Reigns with that Paul Heyman effect if The Rock is not available. So, let's just see what happens. Because who would mind a non-title Lashley versus Lesnar? No one. So... Let's just see what happens, but WWE title picture is looking interesting with the amount of stories that can happen. So, Biggie, just enter Raw and let's see what happens. He can come back, you know, when the legends rise. You know what I mean? Saudi? November. Mostly happening. Hmm... Super Showdown slash Crown Jewel slash Greatest Clash of Champions, Greatest Survivor Series. Slash, the slash WWE getting desperate. Slash money. Enough, so of, let's enough of the money shit, but uh, let's get down to the main event. Mm, let's do it. So it was for the Universal Championship. Uh, it was Roman Reigns versus Edge. And uh, I have to say, it was the match was good, but it wasn't on the level of you know maybe the WrestleMania match or maybe the Fastlane match with Daniel Bryan. But Edge really do, uh, did I know he did his best, you know, to pull Roman and have a really at least a decent enough match. But it was good. So what you think about the match and the whole uh, thing we saw in the main event? Yeah, uh, compared to the other Roman matches, and I can't put this in the match of the year contender list, I'm really sorry, even though I love Roman Reigns a lot. But yeah, it wasn't bad because he's kind of a, uh, at a level that he isn't under-delivering at all. When he enters the arena, whether it be in jacket and sneakers or in ring gear and the golden glove, he will deliver. So... Roman Reigns and Edge was a good match, not at the level of the other matches. Yes, WrestleMania was like 
a grand main event and was too good. Maybe Daniel Bryan is sitting at his face and saying, "See, you had me. You had a better match." So uh, it was a decent-ish match, but yeah, it kind of got ruined in the end towards the match because uh, the referee knockout that happened was not really good because the referee didn't actually get hit. He was just stupidly falling, and then we saw a superstar come and. crash the match in between and all of this stuff happened so overall okayish match but happy that it main evented because if it gets the main event spot a sing a championship match is not got the main event spot since 2016 when the uh, rollins and reigns main evented so that gives some legitimacy to the championship more than even roman has already given so yeah good match as you said i won't uh, doubt that but let's talk about the end of the match and the highlights because that was kind of more important So let me start with the story of the match. So uh, before that, Roman is actually getting mixed reactions. So this is going to be a theme. So it is says it was a it has been a theme, you know, for over the years. Like he was always getting these mixed reactions, but now nowadays he is get, actually getting the right. Uh, there are actually uh, right reasons to have those those kind of mixed reactions. uh talking about the reaction there's a really good point from eric bischoff the uh, the wwe network show table for 3 they had uh, you know the creative team on the uh, table they had eric bischoff jim cornet and uh, michael hayes so eric bischoff they were talking about uh, some main event in the future of wrestlemania eric bischoff said when roman reigns enters this is 2017 when he was getting booed out of the building beating taker and cena So he said, when Roman Reigns enters, first you hear the low voices of the ladies because they love Roman Reigns. They were like, "Yay!" and all of that happens. Then you hear the deep voices of the men who really hate him. So that is the reaction for Roman Reigns. Now it is not a gender bias; it is character bias. So character base. If uh, he's a heel, if people are booing him, then kudos to WWE; they've done the perfect job. If people love him, that's because again of the character. People like me who are just loving Roman Reigns based on what he's doing as a character. So you can call him the most polarizing star right now, as John Cena was for ten to fifteen years. So he's not taking that spot. He's not the next John Cena. He's the freaking first Roman Reigns. So yeah, he's getting those reactions, and let's see where this is heading. He's not going down. And he actually does a great job playing to the crowd. Like he becomes an absolute bitch. Like he commands attention. Yeah, absolutely. He's like one punch and acknowledge me. He's a one kick and I'm the head of the table. So because he has to, I think he's being forced on SmackDown and Money in the Bank. Because he is a heel, he cannot smile at the crowd. So he has to do something to pump himself up. That okay, the fans are back. I I can't imagine how difficult it is to enter the arena as Roman Reigns, getting the cheers and the boos, seeing people for the first time in so many days, four ninety five days, and not being able to laugh or smile. So that's difficult. But let's talk about the match. Character base Roman Reigns is killing it. So like I said, the story of the match was they actually started a little slow. Like the pace was a little slow. Like uh, I think uh, Roman and Edge were you know kind of you know filling out. From the get go, then you know Roman. All of a sudden, I think Paul Heyman when he went to you know outside to regroup, Paul Heyman gave him some pep talk and actually motivated Roman. So he was going full on, you know, bashing Ro- uh, Edge all over the place, and it was actually slow. You, they, they didn't wanted to go to the next level, and at this point, Roman is just dominating Edge. 
like edge is doing a great job you know selling and yeah then you know we slowly slowly started to you know to see you know the big moves so like for example the superman punch and the whole stuff where you know roman was was going for a spear i think on edge but edge you know ducked out of the way and went to that barricade spot it's been a while since i seen that so edge once again continued the sword he speared uh, roman through another set of you know barricade so we enter the ring here so edge, roman was not able i sorry edge was not able to get the win here roman kicked out so uh, at at one point we see the usos coming out i think they were uh, about to you know assist roman reigns here so they were chased out by the mysterious so meanwhile we had uh, i think the plan was for roman reigns to you know take his reve- revenge on edge with that whole chair uh, rod thing that they have been building uh, for all these weeks so i think it backfired where you know uh, edge was one edge was the one who got that cross face deal so he was uh, trying to you know pass out roman here while this whole stick was going around so we see seth rollins he was he came to the crowd and he attacked edge and he just walked off so i think roman had i think he was he thought that this is it for edge he was going for a spear but edge was the one who hit the spear i think we saw a new referee uh, run into the ring and you just did you notice that roman when they were doing that referee spot run in spot roman actually kicked out before the referee even entered so major boss there but uh, there you see uh, roman was able to kick out again we head to the final parts here so seth rollins was once again trying to get involved so this caused distraction so roman hit a big spear got the victory here so yeah roman is still universal champion so seth rollins came again we see another kind of post match bit where you know we see edge and rollins fighting out so they disappear so we are left with roman and paul heyman so i think roman wanted a little you could say uh mic time here you know he said to the crowd that now the whole world can acknowledge me so i think this was the end of the show i believe but here we hear a familiar tune and this place explodes john cena is back man and i have to say this is 2008 royal rumble type reaction this place was loud yeah so i'm going to start by the match because there is a lot to talk about so i'm not going to do uh, the entire match obviously good match but towards the end it got uh, kind of got ruined by sets attack i wanted roman to win it fair but obviously he's the heel he won't do that so roman reigns retains the universal championship edge versus rollins is confirmed for summer slam even though it isn't right now so john cena the franchise player is back with another new t-shirt so he's got a big big pop here 2008 compared i don't think so 2008 was too damn big but yeah this pop was not less because people jumped out of their seats because they were promised a lot of surprises by stephanie mcmahon and john cena coming back is kind of confirming that cena versus reigns is happening but cena is coming to raw tomorrow so you just don't know what's going to happen i think it's just for the views because uh, raw has been getting backstabbed by smackdown bashed by smackdown views 
400,000 plus, 500,000 plus views for SmackDown. So Raw is going to get a good amount of views tomorrow because they have John Cena. So that's going to be a good storyline. But yeah, happy to see John Cena. But uh, talking as a fan now, getting the reviewer out of me, good to see John Cena back. But thank you for coming back because Roman Reigns has another person to just kick ass and kill him. So John Cena, welcome back. Like, I want to talk about the reaction. Like, everyone was going crazy. No one, there was not one soul was booing this. Like, everyone was happy to see this guy. Like, this is the match we want for SummerSlam. We won't be accepting any other bullshit here. Yeah, John Cena, I was saying this uh, yesterday. If John Cena doesn't come back for SummerSlam, I would like to see Roman Reigns versus Finn Balor. But, yeah, it's not, uh, you know, the blockbuster match that we call John Cena versus Roman Reigns. And the 2017 one was good. The match itself was really good. But right at that time, Roman Reigns was not a good promo guy. He was just getting bashed by Roman Reigns. And let's just wait for the promos now because your big dog is now the tribal chief. He's just at a god level at everything he does. His shoes, his jackets, his in-ring matches, his promos, everything is gold. So... This John Cena versus Roman Reigns is going to be far better than the 2017 one. And I'm just very, very happy that this match is going to happen. I don't care what the result is, to be honest. No, I do care what the result is. John Cena should not win. But I think you have something to say. Just add it. I kind of regret them having that match in 2017. Okay. Yes. Like, you know, it it would have been one thing, you know, if they did it at a WrestleMania. Not a you know, B-level paper like No Mercy. But yeah, still kind of regretted that we have seen this match already. But uh, I would accept the fact that this is a different Roman Reigns. Roman Reigns actually needs some big guys right now. John Cena is the guy. So I'm here, I'm here for that journey, right? I'm, for, I'm here for that journey. I'm here for that storyline. So let's see. Yeah, John Cena is obviously not here for multiple pay-per-views. He's here for one SummerSlam. So, they're going to make us believe that Roman Reigns is going to lose. And I think it is going to be a fair win for Roman Reigns, one-on-one, no cheating and all of that stuff. Because when you do that, it's to continue a storyline. John Cena versus Roman Reigns, I don't think will continue after SummerSlam. So, it should be a fair victory for Roman. John Cena doesn't need to win championships, right? He can put over Reigns in a big way and just leave. So, he does now have a bald spot as well. So, uh, let's just see what happens. But Roman Reigns versus John Cena, I do kind of regret as well in 2017. Because it, if it did happen for the first time now at SummerSlam, it would have been a major marquee match. It's just sad to know in the back of your mind that, okay, this has happened in the past. But that doesn't uh, tone down the excitement of fans to watch this match. SummerSlam is, for the first time, it's going to be, you know, the tagline, the Biggest party of the summer. So you should be thanking the wrestling gods. You should be thanking Paul Heyman. You should be thanking Hollywood. And especially you should be thanking Vincent Kennedy McMahon. Stop hating the boss, you idiots. He's the man who's giving you entertainment right now. Let's say, man, uh, Roman Reigns needed John Cena. He got he gets John Cena. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so, an amazing show, to be honest. Money in the Bank just made me so happy to watch it. And the future is just getting brighter and brighter for WWE. I'm very excited as a fan. 
so some summer slam you know is uh, guaranteed to be a big show so hope wwe doesn't screw it give us some good stories for all the big matches here lastly versus goldberg reigns versus cena edge versus rollins you have three two hall of famers in edge and goldberg a future hall of famer in john cena a future god in roman reigns so all of these big name in summer slam it's going to be amazing cardi b maybe is the apparent host of summer slam uh, so even though we don't like her and even though it's too uh, you know adult and cringy but she is a big pop artist name so that's going to bring a lot of random fan viewers of her to the show so summer slam is going to be a big big event i think and i think uh, before we move on i think the cardi b thing is not happening because i think she has a baby on the way Damn. Okay, if Cardi B does have a baby on the way, I'm happy. That uh, congratulations, Cardi B, and please don't come to SummerSlam. Please don't ruin it. And one more thing is, it's on a Saturday for the US fans, which makes it even better for us Indian fans that it's on a Sunday. So that's going to be amazing, and I'm just excited to see every single show tomorrow morning. I'm going to wake up to watch Raw. John Cena is going to be there. I'm just very excited to see what's going to happen. And by the way, if you want to experiment things, I will talk about in depth in on the main roster talk. I think SummerSlam should be on traditional pay per view also. Isn't it? Now you get a it on get it basically for free on Peacock or the WWE Network. So you should go to the old format, like what AEW is doing right now. Sell it on okay. Fight TV. You know why? Let's just you, you know why because yeah, if we got if if you have someone like Roman Reigns or John Cena main eventing your pay per view, so you could you know do a big deal of, of you know maybe people will get more invested and buy this pay per view via traditional outlets. It's a far fetched idea, but I'm just throwing it around. Yeah, I mean. You can throw it around, but let's just see because WrestleMania 28 became the most watched pay-per-view just because Rock versus Cena. So now Roman Reigns is the big name. Ro- uh, Roman Reigns is taking the place of John Cena, who's the current superstar. John Cena is the place of Rock, who's a Hollywood star, come back to become a WWE superstar. So similar kind of match. That's WWE's plan if they want to make more money. But again, as a fan, I don't want to understand those things. I just want to watch. So SummerSlam is going to be amazing, and I'm all in for it. But uh, overall, Money in the Bank really solid show, man. Uh, what what did you score, Money in the Bank? I scored it a nine. I think I will also go with a nine because of that cliff anger alone. Yeah. So did the right way, and some matches. were unpredictable but a 9 would be just fine there you go man that was money in the bank so i think it's time for us to leave and before we leave uh, before we leave where can this guys find you okay you guys can find me on instagram twitter and youtube at dharbetabc i do a talk show i do vlogs random special episodes so it's going to be a lot of fun i've planned five to six videos in the future also follow Sam Abrasting wherever he is, it's going to be a big, big, you know, few months for content creators. 
and you can find slam up wrestling on twitter at slam up w instagram at slam up wrestling and you can catch the audio versions on anchor and spotify as well so this was our review for money in the bank and we'll see you guys next time